0: Chapter 25 of The Sacred Herb by Fergus Hume. This Levervox recording is in the public domain. Explanations When Lord Prelice recovered his senses, he opened his eyes in a comfortable room on a comfortable bed, and saw as in a dream that Ned was seated beside him. His head felt confused and sore, but he regained sufficient command of his wits to recognize his friend. Where am I, Ned?" he asked in a feeble voice, and put up a weak hand to his head, which was bandaged. "At Lanwin Grange," replied Shepworth quietly, thinking it best to explain reasonably and glad to think that Prelice was sane. The knock on his head had been a nasty one. "Who pulled me out of the water?" One of the bow-wats that followed us picked you up when you rose for the second time. You have had a narrow escape from death, Dory. Mona? asked Prelice, closing his eyes. She is all right, but somewhat shaken after her experiences. With that black guard, Jadby? What of him? Dead, shot through the heart. His body was found and now lies at Folkestone, awaiting the inquest. And Bryson? The man who shot him? "'Oh, Bryson did that, did he?' said Shepworth. "'He's got a good eye and saved us a lot of trouble. "'Well, Bryson and the Canaro have gone into the wide world. "'I expect he's on the high seas, making for Polynesia, and won't be caught. "'I hope not, for after all, he only saved Jadby from the hangman.' "'Why? What did Jadby do?' "'He murdered Dolly Rover. "'Ned, do you mean to say—' I mean to say nothing just now. Try and go to sleep. Here, drink this first. You are still weak. Hang it, Dora. You have been unconscious for twenty-four hours, and heaps has happened. One last question, and then I'll sleep," said Prelice, who felt that he was weak from loss of blood. Madame Marie. Dead. She killed herself after confessing. Confessing what? Many things. Go to sleep, Dory, I tell you. Prelis did not answer, but closed his eyes with a groan, feeling very stiff and sore and wonderfully weary. But sleep, the great healer, soothed his too restless brain and mended his broken body so that he woke again after hours of slumber, feeling hungry and refreshed and eager to learn all that had taken place. It was candlelight when he closed his eyes, but the sun was shining into the room when he opened them again, and beside his bed Ned had been replaced by Mona. She was hanging over him like a mother over her firstborn, and uttered a coo of satisfaction when he looked at her and smiled. "'Mona, darling,' said the sick man, thrusting out one weak hand. She kissed it and tucked it again under the clothes. "'Go to sleep.' Prelice, feeling ever so much stronger, objected to being treated like an infant, sweet though it was when Mona was the nurse. "'I have had enough sleep,' he said, yawning. "'One can overdo laziness, my dear girl. Besides, I am hungry.' "'Ah!' Mona laughed. "'You can't live on love?' "'No,' said Prelice ruefully. "'I am too earthly. Now breakfast—' is waiting come let me place this pillow behind you and soothe the clothes so and and kiss me so said the invalid suiting the action to the word the future lady prelice tapped his cheek in pretended displeasure and went to the door in another minute she returned followed by mrs blexley bearing a tray which she placed before the hungry young man "'Coffee and cream, two lightly biled eggs, thin bread and butter, and honey from our own bees,' said Mrs. Buxley, arranging the tray. "'I hope that your lordship is better.' "'My lordship is starving, Mrs. Buxley.' "'And no wonder,' sighed the housekeeper, placing one fat hand over her ample breast. "'You ain't had anything for hours and hours, my dear, if you'll excuse my boldness in calling you so.' and to think of all the terrible things that had happened. While you were lying there, as pretty and neat as though you were in your coffin, and Blexley, you're a ghoul. Go away, said Mona imperilously. I'm a united inhabitant of the Celestial regions," said Mrs. Blexley, with dignity, but I see that you want to feed him, my dear lady. May the dear Lord bless your marriage, and happy I am that I should have lived to see this day. She waited for a reply, but Mona was too busy assisting Prelice with his breakfast to answer, and the young man was too busy admiring Mona to worry about the stout housekeeper. So she heaved a sigh and retired in a flood of tears, as she thought how happy they would be. It was an odd way of showing her joy, but Mrs. Blexley, after the manner of her class, wept "'indiscriminately for a wedding or for a funeral. "'Mona, dearest and best,' said Prelis when halfway through his second egg. "'I am a selfish beast. "'You are looking tired, and here I am letting you feed me.' "'I am not tired at all,' denied the girl vigorously, "'but my nerves are a trifle out of order after what I have undergone. "'Hush! Eat your breakfast, you tiresome boy!' "'Will you give me a kiss if I drink another cup of coffee?' "'No, I'll give you a cigarette. "'Then you can sleep and get up at midday. "'Mr. Shepworth and Mr. Martaban want to see you on business.' "'Why do you speak of Ned so stiffly, Mona?' "'I am engaged to you now,' she replied demurely. "'That doesn't mean poor Ned is to be left out in the cold.' He won't. I expect that he'll marry Mrs. Rover after her months of mourning are over. Ah, yes. Ned mentioned that Jadby had murdered Dolly. How did it happen, Mona, my dear? The girl shuddered and took away the tray. I don't think Captain Jadby meant to kill him, she said in a low voice. Madame Marie denies that he did. But Mr. Rover's heart was weak and so... Give me that cigarette and tell me all about it from the beginning, dear, said Prelus coaxingly. Mona did as she was asked, as he really now looked much better for the food and the night's rest. In fact, Prelice was in such good spirits that he apologized for his untidy appearance. I must look a regular Bill Sykes with this rough chin, he said, passing his hand over his face. "'Oh, how delicious this cigarette is! "'Well?' "'I'll tell you all as quickly as I can,' said Miss Chent, "'sitting beside him and allowing him to hold her hand "'on the principle that sick people must be humored. "'You know that Captain Jadby carried me off in a motor car.' "'Infernal insolence!' "'Hush, George. "'The poor wretch is dead, so I forgive him everything.' "'All right.' I'll try and be a Christian such as you are, although it is not easy. Fire ahead. I started to walk to Hyde to catch the train to Folkestone in order to see Lady Sophia, explained Mona slowly. I did not know that she had returned to London. Just as I got into the belt of woods between Hyde and the Downs, a motor car met me, coming up. Captain Jadby was driving it. Didn't know he could drive growled Prelice restlessly. Oh, yes, Uncle Oliver talked of having a motor and asked his son to learn driving so that he might take him about with him. And, in fact, I think that Uncle Oliver presented this motor to Captain Jadby when he learned how to handle the machine. Didn't your uncle tell you that he did? No, and yes. That is, he let slip a word or two. But what does it matter? Captain Jadby had this motor, and a very good one it was. At least Ned says so. Ned, and not Mr. Shepworth. That's right, darling. And Prelice patted her hand. Go on, sweetness. I can't if you keep interrupting me, said Mona severely. Well then, Captain Jadby got out and said that he was coming up to see me, and while he was speaking to me, he lighted a cigarette hang him, confound him. But it wasn't a cigarette after all, as I found, went on Miss Chent hurriedly. He had twisted up a leaf or two of the herb into the form of a cigarette, and when it was lighted he suddenly seized me and held it smoking under my nose. I screamed, but no one was near to hear me, and then I became rigid and helpless. Owing to the scantiness of the smoke, I did not become quite insensible, but fell into a cataleptic state, as Mr. Shepworth did. And as you did in the library. No, for then I became quite insensible. Of course, had not Captain Jadby tricked me by twisting the leaves into a sham cigarette, I should have run away. As it was, the smoke seized me before I could do anything.' I became cataleptic, as I said, and could move neither hand nor foot, although I was quite conscious all the time. Captain Jadby put me into the car and arranged the rug round me. Then he... Mona hesitated and colored. He... He kissed me. Damn him! Hang him! Curse him! raged Prelice, banging on his pillow. I wish he was alive, that I could horsewhip him. The beast, the... Hush, hush. Mona placed a cool hand over her lover's mouth. He is dead now. Leave his punishment to God. But you can fancy my feelings when, owing to the herb, I had to suffer his kiss. (sighs) She passed a handkerchief across her mouth. Then, while Prelice swore under his breath, she continued quickly, so as to prevent another outbreak of anger. Captain Jadby drove the motor up the hill and over the downs. As I was conscious, though helpless, I carefully noted the way, so that I might return if I escaped. Did you see anyone on the road or on the downs? Not a soul, she replied. We went far inland and then turned to one side. Captain Jadby drove the car off the road and across the grass for over a mile. It swayed and bumped, but he is a wonderful driver and managed to prevent the car from overturning. At last we came to a small hut in a hollow, quite concealed from the surrounding country. No one would have noted it, for the side and the chimney were built of turf and the roof was thatched with green rushes. It looked quite like a part of the hollow itself, and great gray stones were lying about on all sides. Captain Jadby drove the car into some bushes and carried me into the hut. He then sat me down and talked. What did he say? asked Prelice, frightfully pale and grinding his teeth. I am bound to acknowledge said Mona quietly, that after the one kiss he behaved like a gentleman. He told me that he would keep me here until the next evening, when he intended to take me on board Madame Marie's yacht and steam for the South Seas. I heard all he said, but could not reply until the effects of the drug had worn off. Captain Jadby had evidently prepared the place for my prison. The door was strong, and the one window was barred, "'and then there was a girl to wait on me.' "'A girl?' Prela stared in great surprise. "'Yes, I was astonished and thankful to see one of my own sex. "'After Captain Jadby had explained that he intended to carry me off in the Canaro, "'he went out and brought in the girl. "'She was a native of the South Seas, very handsome and dark, called Vavi, "'but could speak very little English.' "'Captain Jadby told me that the girl was Madame Marie's maid "'and that he had brought her here to be my companion. "'Then he went away, and I never saw him again "'until eight o'clock the next evening. "'At least,' added Mona, correcting herself, "'I fancy it was eight o'clock, "'but it might have been six or seven. "'I lost all count of time. "'So that was how I was kidnapped.' It was cleverly done, said Prelice caustically. Go on. In about an hour I came out of the catalyptic state and tried to escape, but the girl showed me a knife and intimated in her broken English that she would stab me if I did. I tried to bribe her, but she would not be bribed. I had, therefore, to make the best of it. As I was alone amidst those lonely hills, with a half savage woman for a companion. All the same, George, I was not afraid. I knew that you would look for me and that God was watching over me. Dear, I thought the same. Prelice kissed her hand. Then I remembered the sacred herb which Doctor Horace had given me. I got it ready, and when Captain Jed came the next evening with the car to take me on board the Canaro, which he told me was at Folkestone i waited my opportunity vavi had been cooking there was plenty of good food said mona in parenthesis and the fire had smouldered to red ashes when captain jadby entered he sent vavi away where she went i do not know but captain jadby sat by the fire and made me sit also we had two stools then he talked a lot of rubbish about loving me and the necessity of getting away from Madame Marie. He said that she was an old fool who loved him, but that he intended to make use of her yacht and run away with me. He finally said that by the time Madame Marie found him again in the South Seas, I would be his wife. After that, he called you names and... I can guess the stuff he spouted, said Prelice contemptuously what about the herb did you make use of it yes when captain Jadby was not looking at me but bending over the fire stirring it with his cane i dropped all the leaves onto the ashes a thick white smoke arose i got up quickly and sprang on captain Jadby's shoulders to hold his nose over the smoke it caught him in a second and he received the full volume in his face I felt dizzy myself, but managed to pull him back out of the fire and ran to the door. It was not locked since Vavi went out, so I escaped into the open. It was growing dark, and I ran up the hill to get out of the hollow as quickly as I could. "'And Vavi with her knife?' asked Prelice excitedly. "'I never saw her. I don't know where she went. I ran without a hat or cloak up the hills and over the downs.' Then I saw the road, and struck out for that. It was very late when I reached the Grange, and I fainted in Mrs. Blexley's arms. No wonder, muttered Prelis, but thank God you tricked the beast, and with the sacred herb, too. Prelice chuckled. You paid him out in his own coin. But what happened next? I can't tell you myself. I can only repeat what Ned told me. He gathered a lot from Madame Marie when she confessed. What did she say? Wait, and I'll tell you in an orderly manner, George. After I ran away, Vavi came back to the hut. She found that I was gone and Captain Jadby insensible with the smoke. Instead of hunting for me, very luckily, she set to work to revive him. But could she? Seeing that the herb... Vavi said Mona quickly, came from Easter Island and knew all about the herb. The priests there have a way of reviving those who go into such trances. How Vavi did it, I don't know, but she managed in an hour to bring Captain Jadby to his senses. As soon as he got them, he rushed out, still half dizzy, to search for me. Just as he left the hut, he came upon Madame Marie and Mr. Rover, who had been searching on the downs for me. Yes, yes, I remember they started out. Well? Captain Jadby thought in his dizziness and in the twilight that Mr. Rover was you and seized him by the throat, saying he would kill you rather than let you marry me. Madame Marie tried to pull him off, but Captain Jadby held on tight. Then Vavi helped, by Madame's command, and they released Mr. Rover— He was dead. Prelice nodded. I quite understand. The poor devil had a weak heart and should not have mixed himself up in this business. I told him that Jadby was a rough customer. Strange how Jadby has been the means of removing an obstacle from Ned's path. Well, then what happened? Madame gave Captain Jadby something to revive him entirely some drug, some antidote. He became quite himself, and was terrified when he saw what he had done. Madame insisted that he should fly with her from England, lest he should be hanged for the murder of Mr. Rover, and made him get the car. It was ready to take me to the Canaro, if you remember, but instead it took Madame Marie and Vavi and Captain Jadby. When they reached the road, they met the car with Mr. Shepworth, who had been searching for me, and were recognized. "'Perhaps Ned took Vavi for you.' "'Perhaps he did in the twilight,' assented Mona. "'At all events, Ned's chauffeur followed, and then there was a race to Folkestone Harbor. Captain Jadby's car was the best, and he gained about ten minutes.' In the harbor, he and Madame seized a boat, and leaving Vavi on the shore, they offered the boatman twenty pounds to row them to the Canaro. He did, and then... Well, you know... Yes, said Prelice slowly and with a sigh. Jadbury tried to kill that poor woman, who loved him too well, and Bryson shot him. I shot Bryson when he tried to run down the boat in which Ned was following and into which he had pulled madame marie i wish i had killed bryson but unfortunately i only winged him ended prelice regretfully i dare say he's all right now and sailing for the southern cross oh my dear dear angel he cried gathering mona into his arms what an escape let us thank god darling she said reverently and they both did with full hearts It was a very excellent beginning to a new life. End of chapter 25